Welcome to another week of Ramban Ala Parsha. Um, sadly, like in previous weeks, it's been a very difficult week for our yeshiva, for our people. And we learned Le'ilu Nishmas, the Chayalim who were killed yesterday in Gaza, the wounded, the kidnapped, all the usual, I'm sorry to say. Okay, I'd like to focus mostly on the beginning of the Parsha. And maybe we'll do one Ramban at the end of the parsha. The parsha begins, So God didn't take them the short way, because if they saw war, they're going to want to go back to Mitzrayim. And the problem that all the Farshim recognize, and the problem the Ramban is going to deal with is, yeah, but that happened anyway. I mean, he took them the long way. They had a war with Amalek, and over and over again, before Kriyas Yamsuf, they wanted to return to Mitzrayim. So, you know, Mahoilu Chazal B'Takaratam, how did God fix this problem? So it says the Rabban, Aval HaNachon, Sheyomar V'lo Nacham Elohim Derech Eres Plishim Ashehu Karov, V'tov L'Anchotam B'Derech Ahu, right, that was really the way we should have traveled, K'yomar Elohim Peni Nachem Am Birotam Milchama V'Shavu Mitzrayimah. Ramad's just sorting through the Pasuk, but the Pshad is simply this, right? He didn't take them the short way, which made the most sense, because then they'd want to go back to Mitzrayim. If they went, they would have had a war. And the Plishtim aren't going to just let us travel through his land, and then we're going to go back to Mitzrayim. Aval bederach hamidbar, but in a longer way through the desert, lo yiru milchama ad heyotam ba'artsam ba'art sichon va'og malchehu amari. Okay, it's not true. The Raman knows that, but he's saying this way: if they go derach hamidbar, they're not going to come to a war until they come to conquer Eretz Yisrael. Shehinu tunalahem urchokim hey mitzrayim ba'itahi, and they'd be too far from Mitzrayim at that point to go back to Mitzrayim. Now, what about the war with Amalek? And here the Ramban is going to make a really significant point about what the evil of Amalek is, and this is something we should recognize. When we were attacked by Amalek at Rafidim, it wasn't worthwhile, it's this week's Parsha, it wasn't worthwhile to go back to Mitzrayim. Why? The war with Amalek wasn't about land. It wasn't that we want to travel through their land and they didn't, they didn't want to let us. It was the hatred that Amalek had for us. The, Amalek doesn't have a land. They're nomads. They just hated us. And if we decided, okay, we don't want any part of this war, we want to go back to Egypt, it wouldn't help. They would have chased us. He says, okay, it's true. We were far away from Mitzrayim at that point. We didn't know how to get back. But the bigger point the Ramban makes about the technical war is a much bigger point in terms of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu and why we seem obsessed with our hatred of Amalek. Because Amalek, says the Ramban, didn't have a land. They weren't protecting their own land. Once they attacked us, there was no escape. Once they attacked us, even if we announced to them, okay, 
we're going back to Mitzrayim, they wouldn't have let us. Because theirs, Amalek's hatred for us is something visceral. It's something that's unrelated to our land. And, you know, I, I don't want to pontificate, but the, the parallels to what we're going through now are so obvious. When a group of people like Hamas hates us because we're Jews, not because we have any land, not because of any facts, but because we're Jews, so the, the only option is to wipe them out. Because otherwise, as they've announced already, they'll do it again and again and again. And you just see it in the parsha, and the Ramban feels it, right? The fight with Amalek wasn't over any fact. It wasn't over any land. It wasn't about any rights. It was about the fact that Amalek hates us. And in response to that, you know, there's no other option. There is no peace. There's no option for peace. There's no negotiation. There's nothing. Because if you let them, they'll do it again. And if you let them do it again, they'll do it again after that. And so I, I think that's a, a significant Ramban and sadly, I think it explains much of what we're going through. Okay, two related Rambans now. Really interesting stuff. Says the Paso, says the Torah in Parag Yud Dalid, Pasuk Dalid. Okay, so God will harden Paro's heart and he'll chase after you. And that's exactly what happened. So we've discussed this before, but today I want to point out something really interesting. Suspending Paro's free will is a problem. It's a problem theologically, it's a problem philosophically, it's a problem we have to explain. We've explained it in many ways, including the fact that when God suspended Paro's free will, he also suspended Scharva Onesh. Paro's now being punished not for saying no and not for chasing us. Paro's being punished for the evil that he did before he lost his free will. Okay, so says the Torah. Says the Ramban. It's true. At this point in the narrative, Paro's terrified. And Paro sent them on their way and asked for a bracha, right? That's complete capitulation. Paro's given in at this point. So So Paro had no intention whatsoever of chasing after the Jews. They were gone, good riddance. Okay, even if they're running away, the whole three-day thing, Nobody took it seriously. I don't believe for a second Paro took it seriously. They're not coming back. They're gone. It was no easy thing for, for God to affect Paro's reasoning, Paro's rationality, Paro's free will to get him to chase the Jews. Now, imagine this. They've lived through the ten makos. Okay? They've been overwhelmed by God's greatness. They recognize the truth of the matter, and they're happy for the Jews to leave. Now, God has to strengthen Paro's heart to chase after them. They get to the sea. There's a pillar of fire that separates between the Egyptians and the Jews, right? You know, 
any rational person goes, this is really bad. Then the sea splits and the Jews travel through and the Egyptians are watching this, right? Doesn't it, wouldn't any rational person think to themselves, this is a miracle. I should run away. Who's looking at this who says, yeah, it's just a coincidence. We could take them. Like, there's no chance. It's irrational. This is the biggest miracle ever. And yet, God is able to force Paro's hand and Paro chases the Jews, not just to the edge of the sea, but Paro chases the Jews into the sea where they're drowned. Now, so, so that, that's a simple shot. I think that's obvious. But if you turn to the Ramban on Pasuk Chaf Aleph, it's a similar Ramban. There you have, Vayet Moshet Yado Alayam Vayelach Hashem Atayam Baruch Kadim Azar Kaladala Vayasam Atayam Bayabasha. Okay, etc., etc. Now, the Ramban is interested in why does the Torah tell us how God split the sea, right? He split the sea, Baruch Kadim Azar Kaladala Vayelach Hashem Lacharava Vayibaku Hamayim. Why does the Torah tell us how God did the miracle, how God split the sea? So says the Ramban, God wants to split the sea with a powerful wind that would dry out the space in between. It says the Ramban, the Torah is telling us how HaKadosh Baruch Hu did the miracle because the Torah is showing the Egyptians how the miracle happened. And they literally think to themselves, and this is the Ve'echazek Hashem at Lev Paro. They literally think to themselves, God is splitting the sea with a wind. Much like, you know, in a famous movie, somebody split a bowl of soup by blowing in it, right? In theory, it could happen. It doesn't happen. A wind could split a bowl of soup. A wind can't split the ocean. I can do this. I once said Rav, Rav Maidan, give an amazing shot to this. He said, God didn't suspend Paro's free will. Right? Any rational person, if they were you know, standing up to what Paro had to stand up to, would have given in. At some point you say, okay, I can't win. Says Rav Meidan within this Ramban, what the Ramban is saying is here, not that God suspended Paro's free will, he gave him super free will. Despite the fact that any rational person would look at it and say, we've lost, let's go home, let's save up our strength, We'll, we'll fight somebody else another day, but this isn't a winnable battle for us. Paro literally thought 
that a great wind came, not from God, and split the sea. It's never happened before in the history of the world. It wouldn't happen then. It's irrational. It's super bechirachavshis. It allows you, despite the fact that the facts are so stacked against you, it allows you to think that you could survive. It allows you not to see things that any other rational person would have thought. And so it's not that God suspended Paro's free will. It's by splitting the sea with the wind, he just gave some crazy idea credence. He just had this idea that maybe Pyro would think that it wasn't a miracle that they did it, it was some force of nature. Even though any other person looking at the facts, as we do from the outside, would have said, you know, I give up. And so it wasn't a suspension of his free will. It was the added strength to withstand the facts. It was super free will, as seen by the fact that the Torah tells us that God did the miracle of splitting the sea via a strong wind, right? Something that we don't focus on because who cares how God did it? In the end, you know, the sea split, right? It wouldn't bother me at all if somebody found an almanac and explained to me that on the day that God split the sea, there really was this natural, this phenomenon of a wind that it wouldn't matter to me at all. The fact of the matter is the Jews needed the sea to split and God split the sea. And on top of that, Pyro was unable to see this. Pyro was unable to think rationally, not because he lost his free will, but because God gave him super free will, which allowed him to ignore the obvious facts. Okay, I, I think that that's an amazing insight into Vayichazek Hashem at Leif Paro. It's not that he suspended his free will, it's that he gave him super free will. Okay, let's go back and go forward at the same time. Those were two Rambans that related to each other. Now, let's look at an interesting Pasuk. Pasuk Yud in the same parak and parak Yudal was still before Kriyas Yamsuf. And the Torah starts describing for us what happened at Yamsuf. And it's confusing. Says the Pasuk, and the Ramban points out the obvious, which is the positions that we read about in the Torah seem inconsistent. Says the Ramban, Right? Says the Rahman, if people are Vayitzakul Hashem, they're crawling out to God, why would those same people say to God, why'd you take us out of Mitzrayim? We're better in Mitzrayim. We're not grateful to you. That's not a tefillah. It doesn't make any sense. So says the Rahman, Aval Hanachon, and he'll have a number of pshatim, as we've seen before, the Ramban is, you know, in many places has a number of pshatim. The first answer to the Ramban is, no, there were many different groups amongst the Jews. And the Torah tells us what each of the groups did. The first group was crying to God. Authentic, real tefillah. 
Makcheshet b'nivio. Right? The second group was denying Moshe Rabbeinu. They were denying the authenticity of his prophecy. They didn't trust him. And they're not grateful for what had happened. We would have been better off if God didn't save us. A famous pasuk in, in Tanakh. We rebelled against God. Roman has a, a, an interesting text, textual diuk which proves this point. There's B'nai Yisrael. This vayitzaku b'nei Yisrael al Hashem, ki hatovim b'hem tsaaku al Hashem. Some of them cried out to Hashem. They remained believers and they davened. Vahanisharim maru bidvaro, and the rest of them rejected God. Right? There were kitot. There were different groups. Ulekach amar achar kach vayiru haamet Hashem vayaminu b'ashev Moshe avdo. Lo amar vayiru Yisrael at Hashem vayaminu, aval amar ha'am, ki b'nei Yisrael shem liyichidim. When it said b'nei Yisrael didn't believe in God, it means Jews, maybe important Jews, but it just means Jews. But when it says, um, when it says ha'am, vaha'am shem lahamon, v'chein vayilonu ha'am, when it says ha'am, it means the collective Jewish people, not individuals. Okay, so the simple answer of the Ramban is, it's true. There were people who, who cried out authentically, genuinely, b'tfilah, and there are people who, who rejected HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and those were not the same people. Okay, and that's what happened at Yamsuf. Now, there's another possibility. Ve'efshar od lomar, ki hayu ha'am ma'aminim ba'ashem, Says Ramah, no. Another possibility is all the people believed in God and they davened to him. But when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, they had doubts. Now, how could this be? Moshe Rabbeinu took them out of Mitzrayim. Even though they knew that Moshe brought the makos, chashvu sha'asotam b'der chachma, o shahashem hevi alehem amakot b'rishat hagoyim. Either Moshe did it in some kind of intelligent manner, but not necessarily God, or God did it, but he didn't do it because the Jewish people were so good. He did it because the Egyptians were so evil. Ki ilu chafetz Hashem b'yitziatam lo haya paro rodef acharehem. You have to remember, right? The Egyptian cavalry is, I don't know, it's a hundred feet away. They're terrified. And they're thinking to themselves, yeah, maybe God took us out of Egypt, but it wasn't because we're such good people. And frankly, if that's what they thought, they weren't such good people. Right? Their, their doubts were coming true. And they're terrified. And so they, they take it out on Moshe. Now, th- this is something that I just want to point out. You know, I think... It's human nature. It's like there's one entity, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's too important to the story and too important to my, to my narrative of who I am and who my people are. I can't reject God. But there's a scapegoat, right? There's the second in command who I think I can reject. And that's Moshe Rabbeinu. Of course it's irrational. Of course Moshe Rabbeinu actually took them out of Mitzrayim. Nevertheless, says the Ramban, 
you know, lacking somebody to blame and being unable to blame God because that would have left them with nobody, they chose to scapegoat Moshe Rabbeinu. And in a way, like it's a theme later on in, in Shmos, it's a theme later on in Bamidbar, right? The anger at Moshe Rabbeinu because he's the tangible, visible representative of God. And so, you know, we're not going to question God. We're in the middle of the Midbar. If God abandons us now, we have nothing. We're going to question and we're going to reject Moshe Rabbeinu v'kachava. Last one. V'onkelos tirgeim b'kan v'yitzaku u'tzi'iku asao inyan taromet lomar shalohit palalu v'al hayu matrim mitra'amim l'fanov al shehutziyam mitzrayim. They're like making a big deal, like they're making a tumult. K'loshon v'yitzaku el parole mor lomata asako l'avodecha. Right? It's not like a philosophical rejection or support of God. They're just yelling, literally making a really big deal because they don't know what to do. Now, so, okay, on some level, the Ramban presented three or four different pshatim in what Vayitzaku means. They rejected God. They rejected Moshe. They, they were overwhelmed. But it ties into another Ramban. If you go to Pasuk Tesvav, the Ramban, you know, the Pasuk says, HaGadosh Baruch says to Moshe, Matitzak Eli, De'aber al b'nei Yisrael v'yisau. What do you mean Matitzak Eli? Where are they going to go? We're, we're up against the sea. There's no place. So Ramban explains, Am Rabbi Avram, first even Ezra, Ki Moshe k'neged kal Yisrael, Shayut tzohakim lo. So the first thing is, where does it say that Moshe yelled at all? It says b'nei Yisrael yelled. So the, the, the Ibn Ezra says, no, Ki Moshe m'avai Yitzhaku b'nei Yisrael. They should be yelling. So first of all, he says, Moshe's connected call yourself. It said that they yelled, so it means Moshe yelled also. But why are you yelling? Says HaKadosh Baruch to him. But says the Ramban, but obviously they, they, they had no option. Of course they should yell. Why wouldn't they yell? Says the Ramban, Don't let them yell. Just tell them to travel. I told you exactly this was going to happen. No, no, it was Moshe Rabbeinu who was Tzoeku Mitpalel. Moshe didn't know what to do. It's true, God told him that Paro is going to chase them. But God didn't tell him what to do. They're right behind him. He's, you know, he's, he's properly panicked. He davened to God. He cried out saying, tell me what to do. Okay, the last point is a simple one. It doesn't say that Moshe cried out because he's part of Klal Yisrael. But says the Ramban, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was annoyed at Moshe because there was no need for tze'aka. And here we come to what I think is a brilliant idea that I heard from Rav Bik. The Ramban doesn't think that regular tefillah is a mitzvah do'oraisa. It's not required. What is a mitzvah do'oraisa? Tse'aka, right? Crying out to God, be'et tzara, that, according to the Ramban, is a mitzvah do'oraisa. So the Ramban sees in the Pesach kind of a proof to this. 
God says to Moshe, there's no need for tsa'aka. Tsa'aka is for really, really terrible times. If you don't know how to travel, if you don't know what you're supposed to do right now, so ask me. Regular tefillah, ask me. But there's no reason for panic. I told you this would happen, and now it's happening. So the last shot of the Ramban, if you put the, le- the two Rambans together, there are many, many pshatim and what it's sa'aka is. But the last one is, it's sa'aka is a real desperate tefillah, you know, which we have with chatzot throat and things like that in, in an eight tzara. But it's here, here at Kaddish Baruch Hu saying to Moshe, it's not a terrible eight tzara. It's true, I told you Par would chase you. It's true, he's chasing you. It's true, there's a sea right in front of you and he's right behind you and you don't know where to go. So ask me. There's no reason to yell. There's no reason to do a Deoraisa Tefillah when I've told you this is going to happen. And this is just a simple way. It's something that you, you just need advice on. Okay, let's do at least one Ramban from after Kriyas Yamsuf. You know, there's kind of a drop-off. Kriyas Yamsuf is the high point. Then immediately you have complaints. You know, one after another after another for a different time, right? It's a real problem, right? How could it be that after Vayaminu Bashem, by the way, Uve Moshe Avdo, like the Chiddush being, they had rejected Moshe. Now they believe in Moshe, and then immediately they return to who they were. And the Torah says, one of the complaints is, we're going to starve, right? There's not enough food in the Midbar. What are we going to do? And HaKadosh Baruch says, no, you're not going to starve. You're going to get the man. And how's it going to work with the man? So says the Torah in Pasuk Tezayin, in Perak Tezayin, Pasuk Dalid, Vayom HaShem HaMoshe, Hiyinim Mamtir Lachem Lechem Min HaShamayim, V'yatsah HaAmvalak Tud Vayom Biyomo, to test them, are they going to follow my Torah or not? So Ramban starts really quickly with Rashi. The test, says Rashi, is there are all these rules associated with the man. So if you keep the rules, you know, I'll know that you're good. And if you don't, I'll have a problem with you. Now, the Raman, either he intentionally misunderstands Rashi or he agrees with him partially but disagrees a little bit. Says the Raman, it's wrong. Says the Ramah, no, no. Man itself was the Nisayon. Means every day the Jewish people went to sleep, and especially if you follow the halachos, right? You're not allowed to leave over every man. What does that mean? Any man. What does that mean? Every night you went to sleep, the cupboard was bare, the fridge was empty. And if God didn't bring this miracle tomorrow, a miracle no one had ever seen before, no one knew, knew what man was, it's not a food anybody had recognized before, if God doesn't bring a miracle tomorrow, your children are going to starve. That's the test. V'im kalzeh, shamu Hashem lo makom lechem. Nevertheless, they followed God into a wilderness, into a desert that had no food. Meaning, if the miracle didn't happen tomorrow, we would starve. And 
Leman anotecho, Leman nasotecho, Ladat et ashebil vavchad ishmam bitsvosavim lo. Ki haya yachol, Laholicham bedeche arimashesvi votehem. Right? He could have taken them through inhabited places where they could buy food. Vaholicham bamidbar nachash saraf akrav. Instead, he took them into the desert. Vishalo yalohem lechem rakmin ashamind vayom biyomole nasotomu lehitiv lohem baacharona. Sheyaminu bo la olam. That's the test. There at the Akedah, I think we did this Ramban. It says, Halakim Nisat Avraham says the Ramban, God doesn't have to test anyone. God knows the future. He only tests people who he's sure will pass the test. And that's what happened here. God brought man, a miraculous food, and tested the people by telling them, you can't leave any over. And by dropping food from heaven, which is something that doesn't happen. And by giving them food they've never seen before, to strengthen their amuna, And that's exactly what happened, right? The man, despite all the depressing stuff at the end of our parsha, the man is a bright spot. Because the Jews, except for the first time, obeyed the rules, as Rashi says, but believed deeply. They believed in God, and they were willing to rely on a daily miracle, which really, you know, they had no business relying on because it was supernatural and because it never happened before in the world. Okay, so very quickly, we saw a bunch of interesting Rambans, two that paired together. Kikarovhu, right? God took them in a longer way so they wouldn't run back to Mitzrayim, even though they had a, they had a, a, a fight that way anyway. But the fight was with Amalek, and that fight was coming no matter what, because Amalek hates us because we're Jews and not for any other reason. Okay? V'chizaktiad leif paro. And the exact point, which is God didn't take away Paro's Bechir God gave Paro's super Bechir And so he believed somehow that the wind was actually splitting the sea. Many, many different Kitot, many competing groups, some davening authentically, some not, some rejecting Moshe, which is something we understand. And then God finally saying, Moshe, why are you yelling at me? This is just a question, right? How should I travel? It's just a question. It's not an eight sarah. It's not an overwhelming need. I told you this would happen, and it's happening. And finally, the last one, the man anasenu, God tests us through the man, not through the halachos of the man, but through the essence of the man, which required a miracle every single day for us to survive, v'kachava. Shabbat shalom, and see you next week.